0: I want you to give a warm uh, Christian Renewal Church welcome to Travis Mopper, who shares the word. That's great. Thank you so much, Pastor Mark. It's a great honor to get to be back here at Christian Renewal in Brunswick. Um, thank you so much for receiving us this morning. Thank you, Pastor Mark and Mark Anthony and just all of the Christian Renewal family. And so I'm very excited uh, for this whole day. I think that God really wants to do some miraculous things here this morning. Uh, tell you a little bit about what's going on with the ministry. I want to give you guys kind of some updates as well. You guys have financially uh, invested in Connect Global, and we very much appreciate that. We just celebrated our eighth anniversary as an organization. My wife and I have been leading short-term mission trips into the nation of Honduras for the last 15 years. Entonces yo dice siempre, yo soy un gringo mi cuerpo, pero puro catracho, puro latino mi corazón. If you speak any Spanish, you know, I just said I'm an American in my body, but I'm a Honduran in my heart. We have truly fallen in love with the nation of Honduras and the people there. And God has done some amazing things, just given us incredible favor there. We have several different projects going on. We uh, right now have an educational scholarship that provides uh, uh, access for about 20 children in two different Christian bilingual schools so that they're able to learn Spanish and English, but in a Christian environment. And these are families and children who otherwise would not be in any school. They wouldn't be in the public school or in either of these private school situations just because of their financial need. Um, we've built aquaponic systems all over the country. In fact, our national director, who is a Honduran friend of mine uh, for the last 15 years, he was just in Venezuela. If you've been watching the news, you know that, that conditions in Venezuela right now are very, very difficult. The report that we're getting back is that many of the people he's working with who are employed... Those who are employed are making the equivalent of about a dollar a day. Now, sometimes you hear statistics like that and you think, well, surely the food must be less expensive. But uh, he's telling me that a kilo of rice, which is about two pounds of rice, is about a dollar fifty. So when you start doing the math, you know, if it costs you your whole days of wage to go buy, you know, a bag of rice, that's pretty difficult situation. Uh, that they're in there. So please continue to pray for the nation of Venezuela. We have some partners there, uh, a couple, a husband and wife pastor, who are in preparation to move to the Middle East uh, to be missionaries, and we're helping them. So our national director was there with them, building aquaponic systems in uh, Venezuela over the last two weeks to help provide food for a feeding program that they have, which the math doesn't make any sense to me, Pastor. The the, the people themselves don't have enough money to buy food, but they've got a feeding program where they're feeding about 250 people who are unemployed uh, a meal a day, three days a week for about 250 bucks. I said, where are they getting the 250 bucks? He said, well, they have a partner of a church in Venezuela. They asked us, they said, can you guys come up with another $250 a month so we could feed these people six days a week instead of three days a week? So we're, we're working on that to try to figure that out. So just pray for that nation. Uh, we also do some clean water projects in the southern part of Honduras. And uh, we've done three water wells in that area. I'll be returning to the southern part of Honduras in August to build a reservoir tank for a local school uh, to help provide them with uh, with some clean water um, at their school. Um, we've had opportunity for the last year and a half to minister via Skype into the nation of Pakistan. And through that ministry, we've seen about 4000 people come to Christ um, in northeast uh, Pakistan, which is a very closed nation. We're working in very small um communities where it'd be very very dangerous to 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 have a big public forum so oftentimes the, these meetings people will just gather in someone's backyard they'll put up a screen uh, I'll preach uh, via Skype and then we have partners there who are working with the people to follow up with them. We've distributed several hundred Bibles, baptized a few thousand people, and just dozens and dozens and dozens of testimonies of miracles of people being healed and delivered from demonic oppression and just all kind of amazing things. So God has just opened some really miraculous doors for us. There's two main projects that I want to uh, tell you about very quickly, and then we'll dig into the Word of God here. And that is that we are in the process of of acquiring a land and a building to launch a school of missions in Honduras. Latin America and Central America have received missionaries for decades. I know some people from this church have visited my beloved nation of Honduras um, and have been there and have been to Guatemala and El Salvador and Nicaragua and all these nations in Central America and on into South America. But we believe that it's time for Latin America to become a sender of missionaries. I'll say it again. Latin America has received missionaries for many, many years, but we believe it's time for Latin America to become a region of senders of missionaries. There's a there's a change that happens in your life when God blesses you and he saves you and he does good things for you. Amen. But there's an entirely different change in your life when you become the blesser, when you become the sender, when you become the giver. Right. A lot of you guys got saved and it was a it was a miracle day in your life. And then somewhere along the path, you learn to start tithing. And start giving and start sowing and, and serving yesterday. And all of a sudden there's, there's new miracles. There's new dynamics that happen in your life when you become the giver. And we believe that now is the time for the Latin American missionary. There are places around this world that is, as, 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 as you know, a bunch of white guys from the United States that if we went to it, it they're just not going to open the door. Right? But if we send some Latinos from Honduras and Latinos from Guatemala and Latinos from Nicaragua into nations, they'll receive them with open arms and they can come in with the gospel. And then all of the all of the history books that they write 30 years from now about about world changing missionaries won't have my name in it. But they'll have my friend Jorge's name in it. Now, that'll be an honor. So we're very excited to be launching this School of Missions uh, in Honduras. And there's some just some amazing, miraculous things that have gone on with that. And lastly, I want to give you the update on the maternity house. When I was here last, I shared with you about this maternity home project. And we're so excited uh, about this. We uh, started getting building permits and got to within about 24 to 48 hours of beginning construction. And we received word that the US Army Corps of Engineers was going to come and build the entire house for us. So, praise the Lord. I was just in Honduras about 3 weeks ago and the house is done. I mean, it's done. It's amazing to see it done. I'm so excited. We've been working on this about 4 years and so uh there's a a, a you know, a paperwork process um, we've completed our contract with the hospital already in March that we are responsible for 24-hour employees in the facility as caregivers. And uh, the first criteria of the four women that we've hired is, are you willing to share the gospel? That was number one criteria. And uh, so we've hired four ladies. And it's also our responsibility to provide the food and, and, and basic you know, shampoo and conditioner and, and things like that. And so we're beginning the process to uh, to raise the necessary funds to be able to provide that ongoing care uh, for these mothers and literally just waiting until the hospital gives us, okay, all the legal paperwork are done and, and you're green-lighted to go. I'll be back in Honduras in about two weeks. On July 24th, I leave to go back, and we anticipate by that point in time there will be mothers in that home receiving, uh, getting a bed, getting some, some beans and rice, getting a place to sleep, and getting someone who can care for them to share the gospel with them. And you guys are a part of that. I'm so proud of you for that. So thank you so much for your partnership with us. All right, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn over to the book of Galatians. Galatians chapter 3 and uh, verse 8. I asked Pastor Mark a moment ago what time I needed to be done. He gave me an incredibly ambiguous answer. So I guess that means two or three o'clock sometime this afternoon. We'll, uh, we, we won't hold up Mark Anthony too long for growth track, but, uh, we'll see how far we can, we can get through the Bible here. Uh, Galatians chapter three and verse eight. Are you there? Amen. Let's stand together to read the Word of God. I think it's appropriate that we honor the Word of God. Galatians 3, 8 says, and the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand saying, in all the nation, uh, in you, all the nations shall be blessed. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you for your kindness and your goodness to us. God, I thank you for the incredible honor it is to co-labor with one another and to co-labor with you in the building of your kingdom around the world. Father, you've been so good and so kind to us. I thank you for Christian Renewal Church. God, I thank you for the heritage of this, uh, of this house over many, many decades. God, such a, such a, a multinationally impacting body here. But, Father, in the same appreciation for the heritage of this house, I thank you for its future. I thank you for the days to come that will far exceed the days that have already happened. We proclaim that the latter days would be greater than the former days of impact in the nations. And we love you and we give you all the glory and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. A few years ago, my, my co-founder here at the ministry, Javier Mendoza, was in La Ceiba, Honduras, and he was visiting a hospital there. Not the hospital you saw in the video. That hospital is the nice hospital in town. It's one of two public hospitals. Also in La Ceiba, there's a much older hospital that looks more like a dungeon than a hospital. It's an old brick building. Uh, it has electricity literally for only maybe two or three hours a day. It opens up at about 7 o'clock in the morning. And just because of the heat, by about 1 o'clock, they close it down and they send everybody home. There's no one who stays there overnight. It's for quick day care. Um, and it's, it's quite a miserable place, to be real honest with you. It's not the hospital that you ever want to go to. But because of the economy and because of the economic situation of a lot of people, that's the hospital that they need to go to. So on this day... Javier was at the at the hospital and we were looking at a water pump that had broke to see if there was something we could do to help them out with some water. And when he's done with his his tour and his visit, he's walking through a courtyard and there was a kind of like this. There was a, a, a large uh, concrete slab and there's a lot of people standing on a on this higher elevation on this uh, 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 concrete walkway in line waiting to go into the hospital ...to register that they were there and then subsequently see the doctor. And right in front of the concrete is a grassy area that's very dirty. It's got, um, you know, it's got bandages in it. It's got needles in the grass. It's got trash there. It's got old Coke bottles. I mean, it's just, there's just a lot of trash in this grass area. And therefore, everybody's standing up on the concrete, standing in line, waiting to get into the hospital... As Javier and his friend walked through, uh, a man started calling out to them, doctor, doctor, come and help me. They thought Javier was a doctor, and they're calling for him to come and help. And he he, he runs to the man, and he looks down, and there's a woman in the grass, in the trash, in a full-blown uh, seizure. Her body is fully tensed up. She's kind of thrashing around from side to side. And she's right in this grass, right in all of this trash. It's a very difficult situation. And so Javier, the missionary, he's he's getting down beside her, trying to help her, trying to see what he could do. Well, not much that he could do. After a, a moment or two, the doctor came out into this walkway area. There's 40 or 50 people standing around watching. Here's Javier and his friend. And here's the doctor. And Javier runs to the doctor. What can we do for this woman? The doctor says, oh, we know this woman. She was, she was just in my office just a few minutes ago. We know her condition and we know what she needs. In fact, I've written her a prescription and it's in her hand. Javier runs back to the woman. He, he pries open her hand. He takes the piece of paper out of her hand, runs back to, to the doctor. Okay. You know this woman? Yes. Yes, we do. You, you know her condition. Absolutely. You know what she needs. She needs this medicine that's on this prescription. Yes, that's exactly what she needs, Mr. Missionary, but we don't have that medicine here in this hospital. Where can we get the medicine? He said there's a, the doctor said there's a pharmacy about a block or two down the street and because it's a private facility, maybe, just maybe, they'll have the medicine that the woman needs, but let me warn you, it's very expensive. Okay, Javier says, you know the woman, yes, you 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 know what she needs, yes, this is the prescription and this medicine will help her, absolutely, but we don't have it here. Okay, but maybe they have it down the street, yes, maybe, but let me warn you, it's very expensive. He says, okay, okay. Well, 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 you know, she needs three pills a day and she needs this, this medicine for like 60 days every single day. How much is it? And the doctor says, you know, it's $13. So Javier starts doing the math of, okay, three pills a day and 60 days and $13 a pill. We're, we're trying to get Mark Linton on the phone, see if CRC can help us or whatever. And the doctor says, no, 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 it's $13 for the whole dosage. For 60 days, it's very expensive. It's very expensive. Now, Javier was in La Ceiba, Honduras, the second poorest nation in this hemisphere. And there's about 40 or 50 people standing around watching the show. And and he's at the poorer hospital in the community. He could have taken a collection amongst... There was enough people that he could have taken a quick offering and probably come up with $13. But fortunately, he had $13 in his pocket. So he he leaves, he takes the prescription, he goes to the pharmacy, he pays the money, he gets the medicine. He comes back, they administer the medicine to the lady. And then 15, 20 minutes later, she's sitting up, she's drinking some water, she's got a little sandwich... She had the medicine that she needed. When Javier told me that story, I thought, you know, sometimes that that describes us. Sometimes we we all play different parts in this in this theater uh, uh, scene. Here, sometimes and I'm sure no one here at Christian Renewal Brunswick, but sometimes in some other churches, in some other places, we're the doctor, you know. We look at the world, you know, with our, with our formal theological education, buddy. I've read the book of Galatians, man. I know the problem with the world. It's not that I have any solutions. I would just as soon condemn and throw some rocks at the world, but I clearly understand the issue. Thank you very much. Sometimes, and and again, I'm sure no one here has ever been in this, in this place, but Sometimes we, we, we play the part of all of the crowd. Standing around watching the show. You know, you flip on the news and you, and you see things that, that you don't like about community and about culture, but it's just easier to stand back and just sort of watch. Sometimes we just watch the show. We watch the world burn and it's, it's exciting. But sometimes, every once in a while, Every, every, every now and again, and probably most of the people here, we decide, no, I'm going to go to somebody's home in my own community who can't mow their grass, who can't, you know, clean out the shed, who can't do whatever needs to be done, and I'm going to serve them. Just like you guys did yesterday. We, we, we engage like the missionary and say, I don't know exactly what to do, but I'm going to get into this situation. I'm going to get down here a little bit into some of the, into some of the messy area and into some of the dirty area. And I'm going to put my hands on this person and see what I can do because maybe, just maybe I've got the solution to what the world needs right inside of my own pocket in this house. You have the gospel. What else does the world need if not the gospel? You have the solution. You don't have to go to the pharmacy down the street. You have been blessed, the Bible says. You've been blessed. That's one of the reasons I'm so proud of this, of this congregation is because you have realized, yes, we've got the 13 bucks right in my pocket. I got Jesus in my heart, and I'm willing to do something about it. Isn't that exciting? Paul makes this very interesting statement here in the book of Galatians. He says, the gospel was foretold in advance to Abraham. When I read this, I said, well, Paul must be very wrong Because I went to Sunday school. My mom used to do Sunday school and she did the flannel graph. You guys remember flannel graph before we had tablets, right? And you had a piece of carpet up on a wall and somehow magically those little figures, the little Noah figure would just stick up there, right? And the Jesus figure and all that stuff. Well, I learned when I was a little boy that the gospel was Jesus, right? That the the, the life and the death. And the burial and the resurrection of Jesus was the gospel. Well, that didn't happen with Abraham. That didn't happen till, till you know, a couple thousand years later, right? So it just didn't make any sense to me. And I was told this from the time I was a little, little boy. Some of you guys have probably heard this. My mother told me that if I was the only one, that Jesus would have died for me. If I was the only one. Have you heard this? Have you heard this? And you know what? It's true. It's true, if you were the only one, Jesus would have still gone to the cross for you. But there's another part to that, and that other part is that you're not the only one. Guess what? He would have died just for you, but he didn't die just for you, because there's still a whole rest of the world out there that needs the gospel that you have inside of you. Jesus died for you, and he also died for people who don't look or think or dress or eat anything like you. They don't even, you know, they don't, they just, you know, their life is entirely different than yours. You 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 know, some of them don't like you and you don't like them either. But Jesus died for them too. And this is what's called the gospel, the good news. And it was foretold way before Jesus physically came on this earth. It was foretold all the way back to Abraham. And what did he say? What Paul is quoting here is he's actually quoting an Old Testament scripture from Genesis chapter 12, verse 2 and 3. Genesis 12:2 and 3 says, is a promise from God to Abraham. He says, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Paul says that this promise from God to Abraham is the gospel. That is the good news, that I will bless you so that you will be a blessing to all nations. That's the gospel. Let's break this down just a little bit. First of all, he says, I'll bless you. You're blessed. You're blessed. Say this with me. Say, I am blessed. I am blessed. blessed. You know, sometimes, again, not here. But in, in in some other churches, Pastor, I'm gonna just preach to Pastor Mark. He's looking at me. Sometimes in some other churches, in some other places, we we sometimes just simply forget. I, I I do this. I just forget how blessed I am. I forget how good God has has been to me. My my friend Pastor Mike Mealy in, in New Orleans says sometimes as Christians we show up to church acting all broke busted and disgusted. I mean, you know how it is. We talk about how good God is, but then after church, we call Pastor Mark. You know how Pastor Mark, man, buddy, my, my dog, he left me and my wife, she didn't cook me any breakfast this morning and she didn't even make the coffee. And it's just bad, man. My life is just bad. The devil's out to get me and he's just chasing me down. My boss didn't give me the pay raise. The other guy got the promotion. My friend unfriended me on Facebook. Lord Jesus, help me. I thought we were BFFs. I'm sure nobody in here has ever been, you know, all sappy and mopey on a Sunday morning or Thursday morning. But sometimes we just forget. Sometimes we just simply forget. When I was 16 years old, we lived over in Eatonton, Georgia. Some of you guys know where that's at. And uh, that's where I grew up. My, my my father and mother used to come over here and preach for Pastor Ligon back in the day, as I, as I mentioned. And when I was 16, I went blind in my left eye. And uh my dad and mom got on the telephone. They used to have telephones that had a cord that plugged into the wall, I don't know what that was all about, and had a wheel on the front of it, and they'd spin the wheel around a little bit, and then somebody would pop on the other end, you know. It's, it's a weird deal. So and they couldn't even they didn't put it in their pocket. They kept it on a table in the house. And so they did the wheel and they called Pastor Ligon. and they called, you know, uh 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 about everybody else, LA Joiner, and they called all these, you know old school pentecostal preachers from georgia and they said hey y'all pray for travis because he's blind so i I can't tell you the day exactly that it happened i can only tell you like the man in the bible i was blind and now i can see god healed me from a blindness that the doctor said i would be blind for the rest of my life i am blessed god has been good to me In just a few weeks, I'm going to celebrate 25 years with the person I believe is the most beautiful woman in the world, by the way. And 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 the fact that she's even in my life. And together we have this amazing son. I'm blessed. God has been good to me. Oh, by the way, I used to be like not a nice guy and was running from God. And then he died for me and saved me. I'm blessed. God has been good to me. Has God been good to you? Has he done anything for you? Has he saved you? Do you have family? Do you have friends? Did you have some food this morning? Come on, man. God is so good to us. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 13 to 15, it says, "...when you were dead in your sins..." And in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. We just like everybody to get cleaned up before they come to church, right? Not here, but in some other churches. We like people to quit cussing and drinking and smoking and hide all their tats and all that stuff and then come to church. But the Bible says that while you were still cussing and drinking and smoking and tatting it up and all that stuff, that God, that Jesus died for you then, And he made you alive, implying that before you were dead. Some of you guys know what I'm talking about. You've been dead before. Some of you have been dead and now you are alive. And he forgave us 87 and a half percent of our sins. He forgave us 92 and a quarter like an auction in here can i get 97 can i get 97 going once 97 going twice no it says he forgave us all our sins every one of them (laughs) having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness because we were not falsely accused right i i I go to prison a lot with my parents and and i tell the inmates i don't know what it's like to be incarcerated but i know what it's like to be guilty Cancel the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us, he has taken it away, nailing it to the cross, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. He took your liberality, he took your forgiveness, he took your salvation, and he nailed it on the cross, and then he just paraded around town in front of your enemy and said, look here, Travis used to be a a teenage alcoholic. Travis was on his way to hell in a handbasket, but I've saved him and forgiven him all his sins, and I'm just going to parade it around and just show how good I am. That's what the Lord does with your life. God has been good to you. You are blessed. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. When I was, when I was praying about this, about this time this morning, I felt like this point more than any other point. I got two more points to make, but I felt like the Lord said this, this right here, right here. Remind Christian renewal church. That God loves you, that he's been good to you, that you're blessed, you are blessed, you are blessed, you are blessed. He's implanted ideas in your mind and in your heart of ways to reach this community and ways to reach this world. And I know, I know how it feels to think I just don't have what it takes. God wants me to witness to my, to my friends at school. I don't, I, don't, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to do that. God wants me to, 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 to share the gospel with my next door neighbor. I, I can't talk to them. They keep their trash can in front of my front door. I don't even like them. I mean, not your neighbor, but. God wants you to talk to your mom or your dad or your husband or your wife or your kids. Or, or maybe he wants you to go to Honduras and like do some missions work on a short term or long term life term missions trip. Maybe God wants you to start a ministry right here in in, uh, in, in, in 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 the Brunswick area. Maybe God wants you to start reaching out to to widows or orphans or inmates. And the and the thought is, is I don't I, I don't have I don't have what it takes. I don't have enough money. Time, education. The Lord says, you're blessed. I've blessed you. I've put things inside you. I've put thoughts and dreams and ideas and passions. And, by the way, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Because we do know that the Bible says that you will receive what? Power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you so that what? You can come to church and dance and sing really good? No. So that you will be my witness in Brunswick and Georgia and the Southeast U.S. and all over the U.S. and Honduras and Mexico and Lebanon and Pakistan and Iran and Iraq. He says you're blessed. Real quick, I want to show you this. This is not in my notes. This is the bonus material, right? Normally you only get this after the, after the, after dinner party. Okay. Real quick, I promise, Genesis chapter 41, Joseph, you guys know the story of Joseph, his brother sold him into slavery, His uh, his uh, uh, the guy who bought him throws him in prison, his buddies forget all about him, and then he comes to Pharaoh, and Pharaoh's like hooking him up, right? He's going from the prison to the palace, you guys have heard all this, and Pharaoh gives Joseph five things. He gave him five things when he put him in power, and you see this, right, in Genesis chapter 41. Starting in about verse 39, it says, Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Inasmuch as God has shown you all this, there is uh, no one as discerning and wise as you. You shall be over my house, and all uh, the people shall uh, be ruled according to your word. Only in regard to the throne will I be greater than you. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, See how I've set you over the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring. What was the point of the signet ring for Pharaoh? It was his seal. it, it 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 was a signification of authority. He said, I'm the king. This was the major world power at the time. He said, I'm the ruler of the known world, and I'm giving you my equal authority. Right? Other than what I eat and drink, you have the authority. What does Christ do for you when he saved you? He said, I gave you authority to speak in my name. Then Pharaoh goes on and says, and he put on... Uh, uh, he put the ring on Joseph's hand and he clothed him in garments of fine linen. What does linen represent? It represents righteousness. You might think that for the things that God's called you to do, there's just a little too much dirt. There's too many skeletons in the closet. There's a little bit too, too much, you know, sin that I've got to, to, to deal with if the world knew what I did. Uh, Pharaoh dressed Joseph in, in, in linen, in robes of linen, in robes of righteousness. Because why? He just came out of prison. He's an ex-convict. How are the people going to listen to this ex-convict? Right? How are people going to, how, how are people in this community going to listen to you? They know your past. They know your reputation. They know what you did. What did the, what the young man say on here? I used to get in trouble with the cops all the time. We got cops in the room. I better go on this side. We got cops on that side. He says, I used to get in trouble with the cops all the time. But the Lord dresses you in righteousness and he declares you righteous. He declares you as though you had never sinned. He declares you white as snow. Then he put a gold chain around his neck. I used to wonder why did Pharaoh do this? And I think it was symbolic of the fact that that Pharaoh had dressed Joseph in abundance. He gave him more than he needed. Not only did he have access to all the the financial resources of Egypt so he could build all these storehouses for the grain. You guys know the story. But he, he put a gold necklace around him to show that he had honored him with abundance. The Lord honors you with abundance. You have more than you need to do all the things that God has called you to do. You are blessed. You read on down, Pharaoh gives Joseph a new name. And I think that is representation that the Lord gives us a new identity in Christ. And then he gave him a wife. And so you say, well, well, what does that mean? Well, you look around. Look around. Look to your left and to your right. Who's sitting there with you? The family of God. You're blessed, guys. You have everything that you need to do all the things that God has called you into. Amen? That is the gospel, first of all, that I am blessed. Say, I am blessed. Now, why? Number two, to be a blessing. I am blessed to be a blessing. Let's say that together. I am blessed to be a blessing. Ephesians 2.10 says, we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Did you know that God wants you to do good works? God wants you to do something good. He wants you to take the blessing that you have, that you have received in salvation, that you have received in healing, that you have received in abundance, that you have received in righteousness and do something with it just like you guys did yesterday. Man, good on you for getting out of these walls and going into this community. The people need to know that the church is not a building over there. The church is the people who showed up in my front yard and helped me out when I could not help myself. I got to share with you some challenges, though. As of 2000, these are some 2013 statistics. So hopefully we're, we're growing a little better since then. In 2013, 98% of all funds in U.S. churches went to internal issues. Carpet, paint, pew colors. 98%. 98%. 97% of all local evangelism funds, those funds that were spent on local evangelism, were spent on targeting other Christians. To move them from that church to our church. I'm not saying that's the statistics here. I'm just telling you. That's U.S. church nationwide 2013 statistics. 90% of all churches worldwide have no missions plan whatsoever. No plan for for missions impact at all. I know that that's not the case here at CRC because of conversations that I've had with your pastor and and just the the reputation of this church. So good on you. You're in the top 10%. The United States sends more missionaries than any other nation in the world in number, but significantly lower than many other nations in a per capita comparison. We send in the United States about six missionaries for every 10,000 church members. You gotta get, you gotta get like a couple of mega churches together and then send a missionary. The nation of Palestine sends 3,400 missionaries for every 10,000 church members. South Korea sends a 1,000 missionaries for every 10,000 church members. But here's what the Bible says in Second Corinthians. It says, so, so from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... The new creation has come, the old is gone, the new is here. And all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us, us, the ministry of reconciliation. And he defines what that ministry is, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. Thank God he's not up there counting my sins against me, counting your sins against me. Thank God he's not like, okay, one, two, Three, four, five, six, seven. No, he's reconciling us. And he gives us the ministry of reconciliation so that we can do the same. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's what? You guys know this word. Christ's ambassadors. An ambassador. What is an ambassador to do? The ambassador of the United States goes to Honduras and makes treaties and pacts and agreements with the government of Honduras. And then those treaties and pacts and agreements are backed by the full military might of the U.S. government because that's the way that nations deal with each other so you understand that before you're a us citizen before you're a uh, before you're a georgian native before you're you know from wherever you were born you're first of all a citizen of the kingdom of heaven you're sent to this earth as an ambassador with authority righteousness and abundance so that you can make pacts and agreements in this world and establish things knowing that the full military might of the angel armies of heaven are backing up what you declare here that's pretty good Say, I am blessed blessed. to be a blessing. And thirdly, to all nations. Mark chapter 16 says, Jesus said to them, go into all the world. When you do a a word study on that in the original Greek, it means all the world. Tricky how they translated that. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes... And is baptized will be saved, and whoever does not believe will be condemned. Guys, there's there's over eight billion people on the planet today, and about a third of the planet around, less over three billion people have never even heard the gospel not one time. The, the, you may be new here this morning. You may be a visitor here. You may be coming here for a couple of weeks. You're checking. You know that, that Spirit-filled church out over there in Brunswick, they've been around for a while. Some of you guys may have been here for a very, very long time. Gone through some change and some transition. Let me just tell you, it's a good church. It's a good place to be. But if you just decided today that man, Mark Linton don't wear a tie, and that guest speaker yet didn't wear a tie, and I like it when preachers wear a tie. And so I'm, I'm out of here. You, you you don't even have to get in your car. You can walk down the street and, and in both directions and find another church. Okay? But I can take you to places in Honduras. We don't even have to get to Pakistan yet. I can take you to places in Honduras that don't even have a bad church. They have no church. They have nobody sharing the gospel with the people. There's still yet one unreached people group left in the nation of Honduras, the Tolopan people. We have the answer in our pocket, guys. We got it. We got it right here. And and the Lord says the gospel is that you are blessed to be a blessing to all nations. Whether you agree with them or not. Whether you like them or not. Whether they like you or not. Whether you have the same, whether you voted for the same politician or not. You have the gospel. And as the world thrashes around in the seizure of its sin right in front of us, let us never be guilty of being the pious doctor or just the the, the audience watching the play. Just be the ones who, who, who are willing to get with the people. Because the gospel is, is that you're blessed to be a blessing to all nations. That's the gospel. I want to invite you to something, and I've never done this before. Never done this before. When I, when I was walking up this morning and I've been praying, God, what do you want to say? What do you want to do? I, I like preaching, but I don't ever want to just preach, just to preach. If I want to hear the sound of my own voice, I can stand in the bathroom and yell at myself in the mirror. You know what I'm saying? I, I want to be in sync with, with what the Holy Spirit is doing. And this is what I said to my wife when I walked in. We're walking up and I said, I said, I believe that this congregation is about to give what may be called a miracle offering. And then I sat down with with Pastor Mark and we were talking about the service. And he said, "Okay, well, you know, the saying and the announcements and this and that and this and that, and then afterwards we're taking an offering for your ministry and I want you to introduce that to the people." And I said this to Mark. I said, "I, I think that I said I think that the people are about to give what what would be defined as a miracle offering. And I want to be very clear on what I mean by that. It's not a miracle to me. It's a miracle for you. It's a a miracle for you. I I don't ever take up an offering after I preach for our ministry. Usually the pastor does that, or whoever the host is does that. And that's fine. And I don't mind asking people for money for what we do. Because we do a good work. And, and, and we, we are diligent with the funds. But I'm sitting here in worship. And I feel like there, there's a season of breakthrough for this house. There's, there's a season of, of breakthrough for this house. I believe wholeheartedly that there were some of you that when you woke up this morning, there was some number rolling around in your mind. It didn't make any sense. Certainly didn't think, well, that's an offering because there's too many zeros attached to it. There are some of you that, that as, as, as our brother said a minute ago, Brother Dan, that suddenly the Lord is saying, I want you to invest in that. Listen, guys, I'm not, I'm not coming here begging for anything. The maternity house is built. The school of missions, I found out just a few weeks ago, there's a, a family that has committed the funds to meet what we need to go and offer the bank. Do, do, do we have need? Sure. Do we need to invest in these mothers? But it's not about that. This is not about that. This is about what the Dan said and what the Holy Spirit's speaking this morning is obedience. This is this is not a, a miracle to connect global, although it is, but I'm, what I'm saying is, is that the miracle offering is the breakthrough that God wants to do in your life and in this house, as generous as this house has been for you. You have a great reputation. Some of you guys know this and some of you guys maybe don't know it but need to. I've spoken to other missionaries who've come to conferences here and, and, and have been here and have been so abundantly blessed. You have done well. You've done well. I believe the Spirit of God is saying, I'm taking you to another level. Will you go? Will you go with me? We just wanted to give people an opportunity if we can, if we can pray with you. I know that uh, the Lord has been touching some of your hearts about kind of getting outside of your comfort zone. And 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 it, how can I start serving? How can I minister to somebody? You know, how how maybe God's calling you to be a missionary. Maybe some of you guys, God's been, been, been working on you. There, there's a lot of young adults here, and, and you're in a season in your life where it's like, well, what am I going to do? Am I going to be a doctor, a lawyer, an accountant, a truck driver? You know, what am I going to do? You know, I need to do something. Maybe, maybe God's calling you to say, why don't you give a year or 40 to the mission field? Start with one year. It's a good way to start. You know, maybe maybe you're an empty nester. We went into so many missionaries who are like, the kids grew up and left the house, and what do we do? And God called us to, you know, Tajikistan or something. Praise God. At any age, it really didn't matter. It really didn't matter. So if you're here this morning and... And you have an, a, a need in your body, we could pray for. You just need some prayer, great. But especially if you're here this morning and God's been been tugging at you to, man, I need to start doing more. I'm blessed. I, he's calling me to be a blessing. The Bible says that when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you receive power to be His witness. I just want to. I'll stay here for as long as you guys want to, and we'll just spend some time uh, praying for you. Appreciate our sister uh, just to sing over us and play over us. Uh, there's, there's there's anointing. As we worship God. So let's just worship God together. And if you're here this morning and you want some prayer, then I just want to invite you to go ahead and come on up. Let's all stand together and just pray for these. And then as you need to depart, there's a little bit of it, uh, information, business card and brochure out on the table out there about Connect Global. If you want some more information, feel free to take that with you as you, as you go. I'm going to bless you. And as they, as Hannah plays, we'll be here for prayer. Anybody that needs prayer will be right here up in the front and others will be here to pray with you and pray for you. Open your hands and receive from Him this morning. Father God you're the one who commanded blessing to be spoken over your people and in so doing Lord we place your name upon them and you in turn would do the blessing so I say to each one of you the Lord bless you and keep you the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you the Lord lift the light of his countenance on you and give you his peace in Jesus name Amen